This is the Gambling Gauchos. Listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The Money Line Matadors, the Casino Cowboys, the Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing it's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Game of the Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. Recording live from the Cardinals Sports Center studio. And other places, maybe. Sign up to, uh, for the Discord and Patreon to learn. Uh, you can gear up for football season. It's officially week one at Cardinals Sports Center. Live in Lubbock, in Plano, online, mycardinalsports.com. Lots of good stuff over there. Black gauchos hats, white gauchos hats, shirts, two two styles. And we'll be taking the Cardinal Sports Center studio to the Cardinals parking lot on Saturday, noon to three, for our first gambling gauchos tailgate. So even if you weren't necessarily planning a run to Cardinals to gear up, if you join us at the tailgate, you can just hop in real quick. Get a hat, polo, whatever you need for the game and the season. And we would love to see you out there. Love to see you out there. And you can you can buy stuff at the tailgate. Yeah. You just walk right in and then come back out. It's right there. And you can eat Rojino barbecue while you're there as well. And maybe even get some free Rojino barbecue. Uh, details coming. Yes. But their food truck will be out there. Uh, they're I think they're busy. They're they seem like they're on the yeah. tour of West Texas, so we're very grateful that they chose to join us on Saturday. And for our listeners that are maybe coming in from out of town or just haven't been able to make it up to Olton or catch the food truck, you're in for a real treat. And yeah, there is an opportunity that the Gauchos will buy your lunch, courtesy of our tailgate sponsor, Barnett, Howard, and Williams. So yeah, you could also wind up with some free barbecue while you're gearing up and having a good time before the first game. Also, if you're looking to maybe support your own tailgate in the coming weeks, maybe on a Friday night, and you want to tailgate for a high school game, lots of good high school football in the area, you can go to Rojino and they will uh, cook you a tailgate. Did you see that? They're uh, taking seen that. they're taking it down. Yeah. So contact Rojino Barbecue, RojinoBBQ.com. Uh, go out there, follow them around, eat everything. 
We should become like Rahino roadies and just follow yeah, their food truck. I would. Whenever they're in Littlefield or Plainview or wherever. For sure. Just eat there every just Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Their hype team. Yeah. I, w- I would I would live on it. Yeah, those guys are always here. Yeah. Like who, who are the guys in the corner? Oh, they're, they're, they just follow us around. Barnett Howard and Williams. Sponsor of the Gauchos, sponsor of the tailgate. This is this is awesome because we get to we get to hang out with three sponsors at once at the tailgate on Saturday. So as our friends know, Barnett Howard and Williams hopes you never need them, but if you do need an attorney for, they do all kinds of stuff. They're certified for Title IX litigation, catastrophic injury. You've got somebody in your corner should you need them. And the other thing, Rob, I want people to remember, is this tailgate before the tailgate is noon to three so we'll serve lunch it's byob yes it is bring your own bets and beverages and beverages um and we'll get you out of there in plenty of time if you still want to go over to the stadium to tailgate if you know folks that set up over there so you can come to ours and then go over to the jones and do your normal tailgate routine but yes please feel free to bring a cooler whatever you want it's kind of on you to provide that and uh partake responsibly we won't have anybody serving anything. Maybe you can bum a beer off of somebody else who's there, but uh, yeah, that's on that's on you. Bring your own whatever. Or a, or a nice cold lemonade. Yeah, water. Yeah, it's a family event. Got to stay hydrated. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, we'll have Kona Ice out there. Yes, we will. For the gauchitos and gauchitas who may not partake of the adult beverages, if they want a dessert after some Rajino, they can just get some Kona Ice. That's true. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Uh, be on the lookout for... More on Twitter. Like we said, we might be doing a couple giveaways and would really love to see some of our listeners and meet some of you for the first time at the tailgate on Saturday if you can join us. All right, so before we get into week one, it is officially week one. Let's go. Thoughts on uh, week zero? Um, I'm glad it's week one. It's week zero for everyone. Week uh, week zero, thankfully, doesn't count. Brutal. And, and it's just a little practice run. Yeah, man. Uh, brutal. Three and seven. You did better than me. Yeah. Um, and I had the great fortune of actually being in Riadosa to put money on this and not yeah. just pick it in action. Right. So I got to reap the uh, the consequences of my bad picks. The good news is four hours of blackjack, positive EV. Nice. So it wasn't all bad. I made up for it at the tables. Lots of people at the uh, end of the Mountain Gods? Yeah. Week yeah. zero? Good crowd. Cool. Uh, it looked nice. Yeah, I've never, I've, I've not been to the sports book or the casino there. It's, it's a good time. There, there's a, this one guy. I guess he's a local. Oh, he's kind of a, a known commodity, and yeah, he's funny because when he wants somebody to score, he calls the end zone that box. He'll say, "Get in that box." And yeah. So you know, Nebraska has like second and goal from the one, third and goal from the one. He's like, "Get in that box," and uh, I was talking to this other guy sitting next to me. He goes, "Yeah, that guy." Um, well, first he was like, you know, it's funny how close Vegas gets on some of these lines because that guy lost $11,000 during the Super Bowl because he tried to buy up the line by half a point and Vegas, like, I think it was three yeah. and this guy was like, I'll take three and a half. And then the margin was three. And so he lost 11,000 bucks buying half a point. Oof. And, uh, so he was like, yeah, you think he's mad now? You should have seen him Super Bowl Sunday. I was like, yeah, I can imagine. I could only imagine. I mean, I'm sitting here stewing cause I lost, you know, 20 bucks on this, 20 bucks on that. Uh, yeah, eleven thousand would be brutal. Can't wait for the gambling gauchos sports book in Lubbock 
in 15 years Man. when we've created a monster. Whenever that day comes, <sighs> if they legalize it here, don't let us get hot. Katie, bar the door. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I wasn't going to do this, but I did uh, trail you a little bit last week. I think hashtag fade Kyle early in the season. Hey, we're we're due to bounce back week one though, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so on some of these, you know, I picked pretty significant money line underdogs. Yeah, you you taught me into Hawaii. You don't expect those to hit necessarily. It's great if they do. Didn't right. hit either of those. UTEP, no. You yeah, really good early. They it hit, was they had yeah three drives I think crossed the forty yard line and didn't score. Um, you still on the Will Healy bandwagon at Charlotte? No, no, no. no that was a one year wonder. That was fun while it lasted. It was. Uh, by the way, UConn, they didn't hit my over, but I think I'll be splashing UConn again. I think I think UConn's going to be my team. I think Jim Mora. I mean, surely they'll win a couple. I was, they didn't win this one, thirty-one twenty, but they were, there were stretches. They were twenty-four point dogs. Quarterback so. was not good. No, no, we did cover. We did cover with UConn, but of course, Nebraska. That was a big game. Oh my god. I thought Wyoming would be more competitive with Illinois. Wyoming's offense was just anemic. Why, why does Scott Frost have a job still? Is these buyouts? I mean, if you're a fired college football coach, that's that's the dream job. I mean, Cliff got six years, but and I know it's similar. Frost, a former Cornhusker in his own right, but Cliff wasn't going three and nine. Well, and it's just laughable how. How predictable it is! Oh my god! What, what is he five and twenty one now in his twenty six one score games? Yes, and <laughs> I mean he's Matt Wells, even down to the onside kick. What are you doing? Like I'm sitting there watching that kick it deep. I had I had Nebraska giving eleven and a half, and in the first half I'm thinking, well, not going to happen. But I've got them in this money line parlay. If they can just win, you know, whatever. They get up by eleven, have all the momentum in the world, and he tries an onside. Yeah, gives Northwestern a. 40-yard field to work with, they score, and then it's just curtains after that. You can't make up yeah, for that. I mean, and, and I saw some people, they're like, well, you know, it's one of those things, if it works, he's a genius. I was like, no, no. It's just the wrong time for it. No, it's wrong. You can do that maybe on the opening kickoff. Yes. You can do it when, you're, when you've cut the lead to within three or four is maybe a good time to do it. You don't do it when you're up 11 with all the momentum in the world. No. And your defense playing fine. Because you're just... Your defense wasn't good, but it was okay at that moment. They had a little momentum. They had a little confidence. But then you give the offense a short field. The yeah. risk-return matrix there is not good. Well, and you saw it immediately. Like, they panned to the Northwestern sideline, and their quarterback was like, all right, let's go. We got a short field. Yeah. And they go score. And, gift. And it's just, it's over. It's a gift. So, yeah, anyway, we're, uh, we're on to Cincinnati, as Bill Belichick would say. Yeah. Week zero, we're just flushing that. And we're on to week one. Yeah, we're looking at these uh, opening lines here for week one, and we... I want winners. We want winners. We need winners. We need them. Can't can't pick with them. <laughs> can't bet on them. Can't bet on them. Don't want them. Can't, can't do coach it. them. Can't do it. You you and I were texting. Is Nebraska on the no-bet list? We're not touching Nebraska the rest of the season? Yes, yeah, so I put Wisconsin on my no-bet list a long time ago. They screw me consistently. Uh, but Nebraska's dead. I will never bet on Nebraska again. They're dead. They're will, dead to me. Will you bet against them? Or do you just not touch Nebraska anymore? You, Wisconsin is on uh, my strict no-bet list because they'll screw me both ways. 
I might, I might, I might fade Nebraska the rest of the year. Just whatever it is, just get on the other side. That's not a bad idea. Probably not in the rest of their non-con, but for their conference. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'll bet on Oklahoma at home. Whatever the spread. I think with Nebraska, since every single game they play is a one-score game, if the spread is more than a touchdown, you just you bet yeah. accordingly. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Nebraska won't lose by more than a touchdown all season. They also won't win by more than a touchdown. They might not win at all. Who knows? Yeah, I'll probably just stay away at that point, but maybe so. Is uh, Matt Campbell the next head coach at Nebraska? I'll tell you what. I've had that bit for four years. Iowa State's getting real tired of it. They're getting real tired, and I love it. I love it because Baylor's having to deal with it. Dave Aranda was named for every job last year, and he just got, like, what, a 10-year extension? Yeah. Matt Campbell has signed an extension recently. I, but Matt Campbell will leave eventually. By the way, Iowa State and Baylor. I'm talking to both of you, okay? I love you guys. I feel like we've really come around on Baylor this offseason. I hated them most of my life. Never in They've my, got some cool fans. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would like Baylor fans more than TCU fans. Oh, yeah. But here we are. Big, big time Baylor over TCU. I hate TCU fans. But these Baylor fans, you got to know who you are long term. You're Baylor. Are you successful right now? Yes. Have you had three good head coaches in a row discounting Jim Grobe? Yes. Bryles, a little out uh, unconventional. In his ways, obviously. But Matt Rule, winner. But he also went six and six and worse. Dave Aranda was two and seven in the COVID year. Like you, you haven't just won consistently for two decades. You're Baylor. You were the worst team in the country for a long time. You were Kansas. Like just because you won a Big Twelve championship doesn't mean you're a better program all time than Nebraska. In the Big Ten. And Iowa State, you went 7-5 and five last year with your closest, most unified team of all time. You were 3-9 and nine for 42 straight years. You're a better program than Nebraska? No. And I, I honestly think Matt Campbell might be a lifer at Iowa State. I wouldn't be opposed to it. But you think if Nebraska comes and offers him $8 million a year, he's going to say no? I think, think he'd pause. I think Matt Campbell at this point would go to the NFL, but I actually think he's one of those guys that doesn't want to deal with the Nebraska fans and boosters. Could be. That call into question everything Scott Frost has done, and I mean, well, some of that very much deservedly so, yeah. so. But why on earth would you go try to resurrect one of the sports historic blue bloods after 15 years now of losing, basically, when you could just... Like I mean, yeah, he goes eight and four in Ames every year. Though he's their greatest coach in history, seven and five. Yeah, if he if he goes six and six the next three years, I think they'll still be fine. And people, you know, outsiders, fans on Twitter can poo poo that and be like, "Oh, he never had a ten win season. Best team ever went seven and five. Does he care if he's cashing a six million dollar check and has no no the, has, the has fans infinite, love him infinite job security? He really does. Why? Like I don't know why he would trade that in some respect. I will say, though, Iowa State fans. But as a program, you would agree that Nebraska's a, a better program. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. More, more prestige and everything. I think it's a tough job right now with the state that they're in, like like the current state of affairs, not the state yeah. of Nebraska. 
And maybe Matt Campbell is that guy who just is going to coast. That's a little bit soft to have that kind of attitude, but I'm not saying that's him. But you said, you know, why would you want to go? Because it's a challenge. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He has, certainly has a higher ceiling at Nebraska, but some guys might not want that. Yeah. I think a lot of guys look at, okay, Bo Pelini went 62 and 27 here and got fired. Why would I go there? And again, when the playoff expands and there's 16 teams in the playoff, it's a little bit easier. And, and Oklahoma and Texas are gone. You really could be looking at Iowa State playoff contender if Matt Campbell stays around and you do get a 10-win season for the first time in your illustrious program's history. So I'm not all the way out on Iowa State and Matt Campbell. I just It's not ridiculous to say that Matt Campbell might want to go to Nebraska. It's right. not ridiculous. And I will say Iowa State fans love them to death. Yeah. A little bit sensitive about about weird things like yeah. one bridge, <laughs> the bridge. Holy cow! Which um, I love that. I love that they love the bridge. Well, and I was, you said they're sick of the Matt Campbell being a candidate for every job bit. I was quote tweeting a guy who said that that Kansas needs to lock up Lance Leipold, otherwise Nebraska is going to come calling. With what I thought was a pretty obvious joke, saying like, "Well, who's more likely, Matt Campbell or Lance Leipold?" Because both of those are about one percent, right? And everybody's like. You're out of your mind if you think. And I was like, I didn't say he would take the job. I'm, I'm asking, does one guy who's not going to take the job or the other yeah. guy who's not going to take the job have a better chance at taking the job? I mean, Nebraska's going to hire somebody. I also, apparently, I knew that the Iowa State Cyclones were kind of their mascot name is a weather event. Uh-huh. I did not know they had a monopoly on any and all weather related content. Okay, so before I make a final judgment on this, I need to see Iowa State's uh, pregame video package. I think it might be that a cyclone is coming, and if that's the case, I see a little bit of the gripe, but, I mean, it's not like West Texas is not also known for some severe weather. Well, and they're accusing us of stealing a tradition. Right. I've to, never seen it. To me, yeah, publishing one video is not a tradition. Right. Like if they said, hey, students, everybody wear your Storms Coming t-shirt, and we're changing the name to the Texas Tech Tornadoes. And I was like, okay, that's infringement. Yeah. But to me, tweeting one video about the West Texas weather, which is notoriously well-known around here, yeah. is not stealing the tradition. And I kind of am starting to sympathize with Oklahoma State fans now that I'm on the other side of this accusation. This must be how they kind of feel when Texas Tech fans are always like, you stole all of our all of your traditions from us. Some of that I think is valid. Some of it is probably a little bit overblown. But after like getting completely ratioed on the... Yeah. Storms come in thing. I'm like, okay, this is a little bit like, hold your horses. Yeah. Well, it's okay. again, again, I need to see their opening video because if it is specific to, you know, storm weathers and, and purge sirens and all that. Well, and some of them were saying that like the alluding to the National Weather Service was an Iowa State thing. And I searched their football account. They don't tweet about no. the weather. Service. So I'm like, I, that might be overblown. Also, have you ever seen them tweet the storms coming? No, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen, and maybe that's something they always do, and I just have been oblivious because I've not been so into Iowa State culture. But right, I don't know. A little over the top again. I love Iowa State. I think they're one of my favorite fan bases. Kansas State too. They're also a little sensitive, and it's. Uh, I get it. Pot kettle black. Hey, and, and Texas we, Tech fans are absolutely yes. also sensitive. I think all fan bases that are engaged sure are probably prone to that. Absolutely, and you know what. I actually respect it. 
So hopefully Iowa State fans just didn't bail when I was hammering them. But No, no. We love Iowa State fans. Welcome. Uh, one guy tweeted that he listened to four or five of our episodes um, and finally gave us a shot, which oh. I thought was a little underhanded. but <laughs> Finally gave you a shot after all these years of ignoring yeah. your content. Yeah. But I will say, I mean, it's a build probably in the first year as a Texas Tech podcast, but I think we're more Big 12 than ever. Pro Big 12, hateful eight. Yeah. Hashtag suck it, Texas. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. That was Texas's back last week. I'm going to have to relearn the I was like, <laughs> is that the button you meant to? I'm going to have to relearn the board. Anyways. Speaking of, the week one lines are out. Yes. And we'll get to those. But while we're on the topic of other Big 12 schools and tradition and all that, I realized this summer when we were doing lists related to rivalries and non-conference games, Big 12 fans, I don't think, have the proper appreciation for the backyard brawl. I don't think a lot of them understand what this rivalry means. No. This is not with the same caliber of programs, but this is the same level of hate as Texas OU, Alabama, Auburn. That might be it on the on the list. Yeah. Georgia, Florida. I think it's probably bigger than that. So anyway, I say that to encourage them. This is a Thursday night game, which is really cool. Uh, this is what I love about week one. You get Thursday through Labor Day weekend. But College Game Day is doing a special Thursday night episode at the Backyard Brawl. First time these teams have played in a decade because of conference realignment. But this goes back over 100 years. Neil Brown was talking about this. It's the Pittsburgh uh, Steel Mill Workers versus the West Virginia Coal Miners. There's a ton of history here, and there's a lot of hate. And so I would encourage you, if there's a game that you want to watch Thursday night and you're kind of choosing between a few because there's several Big 12 games on, tune into the pregame and kind of learn a little bit about this or, or read up in advance and then watch that game because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's really cool to see this rivalry come back. It's just like a, I'm not a West Virginia fan or a Pittsburgh fan, but right. I'm going to be glued to it because it, it's a huge deal. So let's get into it. Uh, that line, the opening line was plus six and a half already to plus seven if you're West Virginia. I think that's pretty appropriate. Were Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels at USC at the same time? I believe so, yes. Weird, weird deal there. Yeah. Keaton Slovis named Pitt's starting quarterback, and of course uh-huh. JT Daniels, West Virginia's starting quarterback. Have so, they actually named that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, speaking of starting quarterbacks, Maverick McIver. Yeah. ACU. ACU. People have been begging to see him play for three and a half years, four years. You have your shot. You have your shot. And if Cliff would have stayed at USC, Maverick McIver, JT Daniels, and Caden Slovis would have all been at USC together. Wait, hang on. Repeat that. So Cliff recruited Maverick McIver to Texas Tech. Mm Mm-hmm. He left, and Maverick McIver was going to maybe go to USC, but he went to the Cardinals. So Maverick uh, came to Texas Tech in 2019. And you think? And Graham and Graham went to USC. Maybe the year? Oh, was that 2020? No, it was 2019. Yes, I think. I think probably they all uh, end up there together. Maybe that's revisionist history. I don't really know that, but it was it was a good line. Yeah, it's just a take. Yeah. Which button is the uh, bleep out? The blue one? Okay. So, something fancy to watch for. I got you. Okay, yeah, you can do it instead of me reaching over there. 
apparently a, tradi- a tradition at Pitt, kind of like the Boston Red Sox, they sing Sweet Caroline. And when the Pitt fans go, da, 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 all the West Virginia fans that are there, which is going to be a lot of them. Yes. This is like a Texas and Texas Tech scenario where Pitt does not have a good home crowd and West Virginia is going to take it over to some extent. Yeah. So it'll go, Sweet Caroline, eat <laughs> Pitt. <laughs> And it's going to be great. I hope that you can hear it on the broadcast. Yeah. Oh, you will be. These You'll teams, be hearing it, yes. These teams hate each other. I I kind of want to pick... We'll, we'll make our picks in the midweek. I think it's a, it's a good line. It's tough to pick, but I think I'm probably going to do West Virginia plus the points whenever we get there. But we'll see. I've got a, a just huge favorite money line on Pitt. So I think I'm going to... Uh, Pitt is part of my uh, can't miss all chalk money line parlay for Thursday. I'm going to do one Thursday, one Friday, one Saturday. So I might hedge a little bit by doing West Virginia plus the points solo, and hopefully, I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I'm, I'm ex- that's that's at the top of my list to watch. The next one would be TCU going to Boulder. Yeah, in terms of my interest level for for Thursday anyway. Oh, that's also Thursday. Yeah. Uh, I will say lots of, obviously, FCS games not getting traction uh, with Big 12. SEMO, Southeastern Missouri, and Iowa State, no line. Kansas State, South Dakota, no line. Also, that could be a classic, close, early season game, and people are like, oh, Kansas State, frauds. They'll be fine. Uh, Albany, Baylor, no line, and then Murray State, Texas Tech, no line. I'm sorry. TCU at Colorado is Friday. Okay. I knew it wasn't Saturday, but it, it's not the same night as the backyard brawl. Also, that game uh, opens at 7.5, already to 10.5. Yeah, that, that's a lot. I might fade the public there. That's how I'm leaning. We'll, we'll of course, lock our picks in in the midweek. But Oh, sorry. Kansas-Tennessee Tech, also no line. Right. Um, And then the Blue Bloods of the Big 12, Oklahoma and Texas, both huge favorites. Oklahoma... 31 and a half point favorites versus UTEP in Norman. That, that feels like a late cover. It's at least second half. Fourth Te- quarter. Texas 38 and a half point favorites versus Louisiana Monroe. That's going to be a popular in the Big 12 uh, fade Texas moment. They'll cover. But we'll obviously talk about that on Wednesday. Maybe I'll feel differently then. Hey, I saw this during the Northwestern and Nebraska game in Dublin, an Oklahoma State fan tweeted out, you know, that they wanted Oklahoma State to play an international game. And funny enough, Tech played Oklahoma State in Japan in the 80s. Billy Billy Joe Tolliver lost in a shootout to Barry Sanders, who actually won the Heisman while they were in Japan, couldn't be in the States for the ceremony. Would you have any interest in Tech playing an international game? And if so... Where and who would you want them to play? What kind of setup would you be looking for? I mean, no. I don't think so. Could you play at Azteca Stadium in in Mexico City? Maybe that. Maybe you play Arizona down there. Arizona State. Maybe you get a border conference across the border. Across the border rivalry. But no, I, I don't. It's hard enough to lose a home game, which you generally do in non-con. 
Um, I'd rather just play at Jerry World or a Reliant Stadium or Allegiant Stadium there in Vegas. I'd much rather do like USC at Allegiant Stadium, something like that. That'd be much more appropriate to me. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. I'd, it would be a cool experience to go to Dublin, but I just don't kind of see the point no. in it. And I'd, I'd much rather do a more feasible trip, like you're saying, Vegas or not playing an L.A. team at the L.A. Coliseum, but, you know, somebody like that. So I'm, I kind of don't really have an appetite for it. If there was a location that made a ton of sense for whatever reason, like, I don't know, if you were UTEP and there was a stadium in Juarez or wherever that, you know, just made sense to go over there. I don't know about Juarez, but... What's well, right there. We, yeah. I mean, like, if it were right. safer and... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, Is there a, a football stadium at, like, a resort town Cancun or something probably not no I've always wanted Tech to play Hawaii though that would be cool did you know you get a 13th regular season game if you play at Hawaii or you have the opportunity to do that right if uh, especially in zero week yeah I'd be down I'd be totally down to do week zero in Hawaii oh yeah and you get a 13th game yeah you just have to count for that on the schedule which a lot of that, I think the scheduling and like home away, it's probably automated. Yeah. Like I don't think there's a guy who makes the Big 12 schedule. It's probably like all run by a, a computer code and everything. He figures out like when the bye weeks need to be home and away. So if that guy probably got his training at Code Ninjas, which uh, teaches kids ages 5 to 14 how to level up their coding, STEM, and engineering skills in a fun hands-on environment through year-round coding programs. I had no idea where you're going You didn't think that. I was going to get there. Uh, they offer flexible afternoon and weekend hours. Kids visit their center each week to learn coding, logic, and problem-solving skills while creating video games and meeting new friends. Start out as white belt, work their way up through nine different belt levels all the way to black belt, where they will design and create their very own app or game, maybe like a scheduling software that the new Big 12 can utilize as they're trying to figure out pods or protected rivalries and all that good stuff. So, if you miss summer camp or whatever, you can still uh, have the kids enrolled in that for after-school programs. It's a huge skill that'll be very well utilized in the future work world. So visit our friends at CodeNinjas.com. And I think this is their last episode with us. So we want to say thank you to them for their support of the Gauchos. Great local business that you and your family can support here in Lubbock. Would definitely encourage you to check them out, whether it's a year-round programs, the summer camps that they'll have next year. It's really good stuff. So encourage you to check that out. Um, the last game on the opening lines in the Big 12, Central Michigan, Oklahoma State, the last time they played. Have an upset there that'll rank right up with when David completed a deep one on Goliath. The no-timed down. <laughs> Was it Cooper Rush? Cooper Rush. I don't have much, um, worry about Oklahoma State covering here, but. The line is 20 and a half, and that's large. It's tempting, though, because 21 plus is not out of the realm at all if Oklahoma State plays well offensively. Right, and they don't normally early. They've kind of been a good fade team early with Tulsa and and teams like that. Cooper Rush is not walking through that door. Is that a good Patino accent? Well. Dan LaFever is not walking through that door. Did uh, Antonio Brown go to Central Michigan? 
That makes sense. Yeah. Do you know who their tight end was early uh, early in the tenure? Mm-mm. J.J. Watt. He's not walking through that door. And then he went off to Wisconsin. It was a defensive end. So I'm leaning pokes. I might be like all Big 12. I don't know. We'll see. Hey, Generally early. Weird thing I noticed. If the Pac-12 blows up and we add them, TCU-Colorado, future conference game. Kansas-Houston, already a future conference game. West Virginia-Pitt, 10 years from now, if the ACC blows up, future conference game. Texas Tech-Houston, already a, a future yeah. conference game. Kind of a lot of that type of action already going on. I think it's cool. Any other opening lines you were really, really focused on? Uh, Western Michigan, Michigan State is always a good one. That's at three touchdowns. I was only looking at Thursday so far, slash the Big 12, so I'd, I need more time to look at the full weekend slate. Right. And we'll have that during the midweek. Uh, Troy Ole Miss, 22 and a half. Uh, some of these schools, if you're trying to fade, uh, you might find something. Did you see the two guys who bet $1,000 on Utah State to make the national championship game? No. So it's obviously really long odds, but they play Alabama in week one. So if they can beat Alabama, they will have a shot because if you run the table and have a win against Alabama, you can get Cincinnati your way to the to the championship. Yeah, good luck, guys. Yeah, good luck. It's a forty-point line. So do you do you put like? Are you hedging? Do you put fifty thousand on the Alabama money right. line to hit? Like I, that would not yeah. make sense. No, because they could even if they beat Alabama, they could still go eight and four season and have no yeah. shot at the playoff. Hey, at some point, we need to talk about Mattress Mac and his genius hedging. Yeah, it's a good idea uh, because I think a lot of people just think he's just out. Just being crazy betting, but it's it's all business. He doesn't lose any money. No, it's really smart, actually. Uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, week one. That's Ohio, on Saturday. Ohio State by a million. 17 and a half. Yeah. You're buying that? Sure. Um, And then, like, the only other close ones, NC State, East Carolina, on the road. NC State on the road. That'll be a good one to watch because Texas Tech will go there eventually. Uh, that one's just at 11. But yeah, it's not a huge... Line Cincinnati, Arkansas at a touchdown. It's actually down to six. Uh, Houston, UTSA at four from four and a half already. BYU, USF 12. And that's BYU going all the way across the country. The last time they went all the way across the country, they got hammered by Coastal Carolina. They didn't get hammered. Well, but it was like a huge line, BYU's favor. And BYU oh. was like the best team in the country, people thought. They were like, oh, on the way to the playoff. <laughs> Undefeated. Who thought that? A lot of people thought that. Uh, well, then Sunday night, pretty interesting game. LSU favored by three. They're hosting the Seminoles of Florida State. Monday's not going to be close, but if you're interested, you have action on that. It yep. might be entertaining. Clemson going to Georgia Tech. Uh, I guess that's a neutral side kickoff. But Another so, cross-country so trip, night. Utah, Florida. Did you see this? That's line? an interesting. What would, you, what would you peg that opening line as? Man. Um, I haven't seen much about Florida and kind of like how the odds makers are treating Billy Napier and you're one there. I might have like, like Florida minus one dogs, Florida's dogs in the Home swamp dogs. By how much? Two and a half, two and a half. I don't know. That's a little bit, I might be tempted to Florida money line. I don't know. 
There's also more Big Ten action, like um, Purdue, Penn State, that kind of stuff. Three and a half in that one. Uh, the last line I looked at before the show is kind of a, I'll watch that game and the line looks good. Louisiana Tech, Mizzou, on the road to open up for Sonny Cumbie, plus 19. That number's way too high. Way too high. I noticed that as soon as some week lo- week one lines were published this summer, FPI is only one source, and it kind of failed me on a couple games during week zero. But just as one point of reference, I need to look at like Sagarin and some other stuff. They've got it like 75-25 in Mizzou's favor, which like I've said before, is usually about a touchdown favorite. So even if FPI is off by a touchdown, and it should be 14 points per FPI, that's still five more that Vegas has given you. Yeah. It's year one. It's on the road against an SEC team. I, I Trying think, to make a splash. I think there's value there, though. I mean, 19 and a half is a huge number. I think I might have even locked it in on action at 20 or 20 and a half earlier this summer. I think it opened at 20. It's down to 19. Uh, any other opening lines? Uh, no, I might have more thoughts during the midweek after I hopefully deep dive. Um, okay. Question off of the mysterious um, streaming we're using. Uh, thoughts on Arch Manning's stat line versus the competition. This is what, six for 12 and a rushing touchdown with an interception? I'm telling you, dude, I I haven't tweeted anything about Arch Manning. I think they're, on one hand, I'm pretty opposed to going after 17-year-olds. On the other, he is a high-profile semi-professional because he's about to be paid to go to Texas. Right. He's allegedly like twelve million. Kind of a public figure just because of his family name. Yeah. I I'm not gonna go all in on what the haters are saying and say, like, oh, you wouldn't even know he existed, but would he be a five star and like a perfectly rated prospect without his last name? Not from what I've seen. I haven't seen a lot, but those clips are kind of a joke. Like I'm I'm not exaggerating when I say I think I played JV football at a higher level than like the kids, I don't know if they, it's because they know who he is. They don't even yeah. look aggressive. Like they no. kind of like walk over and they're like, he's sorry, Arch, I might kind of bump into you here. Like nobody's even trying to lay the lumber on him. He drug three people into the end zone and one guy was just playing patty cakes. Their fat little girlfriends are telling them what they want to hear, which is how great you are. It just seems like the services are pumped him up a little bit. Well, and there was a clip from before this season that surfaced after he went to Texas and same deal. Like the kids chasing after him are yeah. slow as hell. Yeah. And when they get there, they're like not trying to tackle him. All right. So I played kind of like fall down at his feet. It's really weird. I played small level private school football. I think a lot of teams that I played against would hammer, hammer these other teams. And maybe that's the difference between Texas and Louisiana. I thought Louisiana had some good people, but none of the clips are shining endorsements of Arch Manning or what he's uh, come to do. Yeah, I would just, out of curiosity, if you could run this experiment, like make him the starting quarterback at DeSoto or Allen or Cibolo Steel or North Shore, yeah. Lake Travis, a program like that. And just, just see how he does in the 5A or 6A playoffs. Just drop him in. Yeah, because right now it looks like he can't be sacked. When and a lot of times you you see these five star players and you look at their high school clips and they do make everyone else look awful. Like have you ever watched Derrick Henry's high school tape? Yeah, or, or Kyler Murray. Right, but that's Allen and that's Derrick Henry, like looking seven feet tall against these guys. Arch, like 
also doesn't look great against bad competition. Yeah, and, and those guys that, that we mentioned, Derrick Henry, Kyler Murray, are athletic freaks that were way ahead developmentally. Right. Arch is not that guy. He's not some 6'4", 220 guy who runs a 4'5 in high school. He kind of looks like me in terms of like build. and Right. It's like if I went out there, I could, oh, you're a I could probably do what he's collegiate doing. Collegiate athlete. <laughs> I could probably do what he's doing against those teams, and no school would be recruiting me at my current athletic level, especially not at a five-star paying me millions in NIL. Yeah. Uh, this from the Discord. Haven't seen a line, but do our guys cover the max alternate spread, or do we need to cover our point total? I'm betting both just need reassurance. Reassurance. Uh, there's no line. Will there be some... I'm like, sure you can find some line. And an alternate line, we'll probably set one on Wednesday just for fun, but... Yeah. Yeah, usually you can find something, even if it's not from an extremely credible book. But yeah, I'll be I'll be curious, because sometimes those are hard to, hard to peg on FBS versus FCS. Final thoughts? We are launching a weekly pick'em contest with our friend Doe Goes In on Twitter. He runs the Reddit um, or the subreddit by the same name, Doe Goes In. It's dedicated to Texas Tech Athletics. So obviously there's a million different platforms now to follow along. You can do Twitter, TikTok, message boards, Reddit, podcasts. But he has some really good stuff that he puts out on Twitter and on Reddit. So we're kind of partnering with him, and what we'll do is just Big 12 games every week. We'll post the consensus odds from some agreed-upon website, and everybody on Twitter can can play. They make their picks uh, for all 10 Big 12 games, or five once we get to conference, uh, conference play. We'll pick the spread, the total, whoever winds up with the best record, that week um, you submit all the picks on Twitter whoever winds up with the best record that week wins the weekly pick them and then we'll do kind of a weekly um, Hall of Fame and then maybe at the end of the season do something cool for the bowl pick them or whoever had the best single weekly performance wins a prize something like that but just kind of a fun thing a few people reach out to us and ask are y'all doing any kind of weekly pick them contests yes it's not on any kind of like app or through ESPN or anything like that it's all on Twitter We'll post the lines, you make the picks there, and then we'll score them out. Sounds fun. Glad we didn't do that last week. Yeah, me too. All right, I don't have any final thoughts. Uh, Excited about Wednesday, excited about Saturday, week one. Excited about uh, making some picks. One more thing. Okay. We didn't do this for week zero. We've mentioned this before, but... All future college football weekends, we will do a third episode besides our weekend and midweek episode called Gauchos After Dark. It'll be Saturday night, probably like as those primetime games are ending, as we're getting into Pac-12 After Dark. Be like the Hawaii live stream. Yeah. Weekly. Recapping that day in college football. So it won't be Texas Tech specific because there's a bunch of post-game live pods that you can do. So we're not trying to compete with those. 23 personnel. Right. Uh, it'll kind of maybe be like a look around the Big 12, maybe some bad beats from around the country, just some stuff like that, or whatever else y'all want to discuss. That's the beauty of spaces is you can tune in and then request to speak and ask a question that's totally off the wall, and we'll end up debating some kind of food take or something. So 
be on the lookout for Gauchos After Dark Saturday night. Time to be determined. We'll hopefully tweet something out to give you some sort of heads up. But if you're one of those guys that's up till midnight watching college football, Gauchos After Dark is perfect for you. And we'll do that Saturday this week or? Yeah, I think so. Even though there's two more games, we'll just do it Saturday. Cool. Love y'all.